0: Welcome to Zen Chakra. The goal of this podcast is to bring you the best tips and techniques on things like energy healing, the law of attraction, the chakras, meditation, emotional freedom, and yoga from some of the best minds in the new age sector. Join us each month as we open up the conversation and help you on your journey to enlightenment. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Zen Chakra. I'm your host, Amanda, and today I have an interview lined up with Dr. Susan Lee. Susan has a Ph.D. in clinical psychology, master's in audiology, and a B.A. in speech pathology. She is the author of five books and two short stories, and has a plethora of free information about the unconscious, conscious, and superconscious on our website, multidimensions.com. I came across Susan's material about a year ago while I was surfing on the web and looking for meditation music. I found her on YouTube, and what I loved most about her meditation videos are the amazing visuals that are provided, not to mention the explanation of what it means to go inward. This was especially important to me after hearing for so many years that while meditating, I needed to go inward. But I had no idea and was never given an explanation of what exactly that meant. The visuals from her videos opened me up as I listened to her buttery voice guide me through the universe. What was most helpful about her videos is it gave me a launching point on what to envision while meditating on my own. It was difficult for me to imagine velvety lines of colored energy spiraling around my energy points when I didn't know what it looked like. Her website, multidimensions.com, delves deep into the three levels of our conscience the dimensions and our perceptions of reality. One of my personal favorites is her depiction of the stairway, which explains our simultaneous existence in multiple realities. As we enter into a golden age and rise up to the fourth dimension, it opens up many questions and curiosities. Dr. Lee here today to answer some of those questions. Dr. Suzanne Lee, welcome to the show. I am over the moon to be talking with you today.
1: Oh, I'm very happy to be here myself.
0: Fantastic. Well, I you received your bachelor's degree in speech pathology and decided to continue on to a master's in audiology. Why did you decide to become a clinical psychologist?
1: Because audiology was really, really boring. <laughs> <laughs> it was so boring. And I had my own practice, which kept me kind of busy for the first two years getting the practice established. But once I went through that fun part, it was so boring. I just thought, oh, my heavens, I can't do this the rest of my life. And then I uh, called up UCLA and said, do you have any, back then you could actually talk to people on the phone, you know, mm-hmm. do you have any uh, parapsychology class? And the woman said, no, we don't, but there's this other private school that does, so why don't you give them a call? And I did, and before I knew it, I was in a PhD program.
0: Did you Did you just kind of fall into that, or...?
1: I totally fell into it. It was the furthest thing from my mind. I never, I mean, I I think I have, you know, dis- well, I know I have dyslexia, so I never did that good in school. I got better by, you know, by the time I did my master's. So every time I kept, it just, when you have a dyslexia thing, your just brain works different. So you have to learn how to program your own brain. So usually those kids don't do good in, you know, grammar school and early school. And if they go to college, then... You know, they can figure it out, which I finally did. But so, anyhow, I got started on that. And there's an interesting story with that because I I was going to do it. And then I thought, you know, oh my gosh, I can't. This is ridiculous. What am I? Who am I thinking I'm going to get a PhD? This is ridiculous. And then there was a mix up that I couldn't get alone because my husband did so and so. And then I got freaked out. Oh, I want my PhD so bad, so bad. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember that morning there was an earthquake. And I said, okay, this is a sign. I'm getting my PhD. (laughs) So finally I did. And, And it was a kind of an alternative program and we met all day Saturday for eight hours and it was an amazingly wonderful experience. I loved it. You know,
0: it's funny. I've I've interviewed uh, a couple of clinical psychologists and every single one of them have fallen into it. So I find yeah. that interesting. How has it helped you on your spiritual path or did your spiritual path shape your desire to become a doctor?
1: It helped me a lot. As we open to our spiritual path, the very first thing that happens is that the parts of us that don't believe that we deserve have to be healed. Therefore, you know, as a part of my PhD, I had to take a bunch of therapy and I got this amazing therapist and did a lot of really important work, which allowed me to get to the place that I could believe I deserve to have these messages and talk with the higher planes. So it helped me a lot. And then also when I work with people, I have clients now, most of my I mean, I've had clients for many years, but now most clients are people that are waking up. Their issues aren't so much with the waking up, it's with the parts of themselves that don't want to wake up or that are afraid to wake up. And so because I have that psychological training, I'm able to help them move through that pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I think that unworthiness is a big one for a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we're great multidimensional beings. What? Little me. And, you know, we have to believe that first because our belief sets everything. And so when we're not able to believe that we could possibly be such a magnificently wonderful being, then that just, you know, puts the brakes on the whole process.
0: You talked about the multidimensional self. One of my favorite writings is from the journey from your website, and it's your depiction of the stairway. And it Uh, talks about you know, the dimensional realities and and the different levels of dimensions and how these dimensions exist simultaneously. It was pretty mind-bending to read that. I know for myself it was a little hard to wrap my head around it, but it was also very exciting. Can you explain a little bit about the dimensions and, and how they work?
1: There's many frequencies of reality, and all these frequencies are happening at the same time. Just to make it simple, which isn't exactly correct, They come in an octave range or a density range. All of these different ranges exist at the same time. Like as we walk through our physical planet, we see like a one-dimensional rock and see maybe two-dimensional plants and three-dimensional people. And we have our fourth-dimensional dreams. And all of these are different worlds. And the higher dimensions can look down to the lower. But the lower can't look up to the higher unless they raise their consciousness in order to be able to connect with it. Like we can see rocks, but rocks can't see us. But then there's plants that so we can see plants. Now, plants don't see us, but they're multidimensional as well. And there's been all these kinds of research that is done how plants respond to how people treat them and what kind of music is going on in the house. And, and so there is a, a back and forth energy that's going on. And then people that have pets that are supposedly less evolved beings, well, you know, they're pretty evolved and sometimes they know a lot more than we do. And what's happening, what I've heard, is that the plant and the animal kingdom, they're ready. They're ready for ascension. They're, and the, the elementals are the fourth dimensional expressions of our four elements, earth, air, fire, water and there's fourth dimensional expressions of that. And they're they're ready to go, it's all good to go. We're kind of like waiting on humanity, but humanity seems to be, um, wow, who would think that they'd wake up as much and as quickly?
0: If our dimensions are occurring simultaneously, does that mean that we have already experienced like first and second and also fourth and fifth? Or how does that work?
1: Well, we are in the third dimension we are bound in third dimensional time. And that creates this whole third dimensional thought of past, present, and future. Now, when you go into the fourth dimension, which is our dream body, there's still time, but time is more malleable and it's different. Now, when we move into the fifth dimension, there's no longer time. So when the mind calendar talks about the end of time, they're not saying the end of the world, they're saying that we're moving into a dimension that no longer is limited by time. Ah. So in order to ask, answer your question, there would be like a third dimensional answer and a fourth dimensional answer and a fifth dimensional answer.
0: Sure. I want to hurry up and get to the fifth. I don't want to have time anymore.
1: I, time is such a bother. And, it really and is. And and we're already, it's already changing so fast because the Schumann resonance, which is the heartbeat of the planet, it's the amount of time it takes for, I I guess it's probably light. If if someone knows what it really is, you can please email me and tell me, but for the energies to go through the ionosphere to the earth and back up to the ionosphere and that used to be like 7.5 and that's why they would use foghorns because that was a resonance the resonant frequency of the planet and so they would go it would go a really long distance but the resonant frequency of the planet is much higher now now a lot of people say 11 moving up to 12 and they say when it gets to 13 then we'll be out of time now this is not something that you can get from any kind of a scientific place because the scientists are still holding on to the old paradigms except for the quantum scientists. What I have heard is that our 24-hour day, first I heard that it was like a 17-hour day, but now I've heard it's like a 14-hour day, which makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, this does not feel like 24 hours anymore, does it?
0: No, things are, yeah, very, very <laughs> quick now.
1: Very quick.
0: I mean, I can't believe it's already October. I I feel like we just hit 2011, and we're pretty much done with it.
1: I know, and we're coming up to 11, 11, 11, which is a pretty big portal.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot about you know groups getting together, and especially more in the underground of and alternative thinkers. I've heard a lot around 11, 11, and what exactly does that mean? What does that portal mean for? Is it? To help us in the part of ascension or what does it mean exactly?
1: Well, there's been these portals of time such as uh you know, January first, two thousand and one, and then three three three, January March third, two thousand and three, uh, four four four. And now we're getting up to eleven eleven eleven, and the last one is twelve twelve twelve, which is the precursor for when we're just almost exactly at 1221, which is when the sun rises, when the sun rises on the winter solstice equinox, I always get those two confused. Uh, When the sun rises, it will rise up directly onto the very center of the galactic center, which only happens once every 26,000 years. And that's what everyone's talking about. And so, you know, energy travels in ever-expanding circles, so we're already getting a whole lot of that energy. And you can see all many different changes that are happening. It is a time frame when if people place themselves in a receptive mode, that they will be able to expand their consciousness in a very large way. One of the most important things is that it's very much in the collective consciousness. It's in the planetary consciousness. So pretty much this movement is all around the planet, and everyone is thinking, oh, 11-11-11 is a really important time. 11-11-11 is an opportunity to raise our consciousness and to have a wonderful experience, and maybe it's a rehearsal for ascension, or maybe we're going to ascend. So what if even if it wasn't even anything, which I don't believe, but even if it wasn't, the mere fact that so many people all around the planet are having the same thought at the same time is hugely creative, as you can imagine. So we are going to actually create it, but what the Arcturians always tell me when I ask specific questions about the ascension, they say, well, we don't know, you haven't created it yet. They say, this is your ascension, you are creating it.
0: Interesting,
1: and so we are creating it. And but the other thing that I get all the time is that the beautiful thing about Gaia is that she is a beautifully diverse being. I mean, it's probably it's an immensely beautiful planet, and one of the more beautiful planets, maybe in the galaxy. It's amazingly beautiful, and it's got such a vast array. Gaia, and her early evolution millions of years ago, all of the galactics, you know, the uh, the draconians were here. They were one of the first ones, you know. the The Lizzies were here. The Draconians were here. The um, the Syrians were here. The Palladians here. The Arcturians were here. The Andromedans were here. And this has been a schoolroom. And all of these galactics that are in their starships, hanging around, helping Earth. The reason why they're helping Earth, it's not particular that they're helping us poor humans. They're helping Earth. They're helping the alive, sentient. Being Earth, Gaia, because she helped them. They all came here and made a lot of the same mistakes that we made and practically destroyed her myriad times. And she just kept on bringing in new children to come to school again. Poor and thing. it's her turn. She wants to go home too.
0: We keep and- beating her up. We keep
1: beating her up and she keeps coming back. She's a little tired now. She's saying, okay, guys, this is it. I'm going home. So if you want to be with me, this is is the picture. And so we're all here to help her. And I think that most of the awake people, the light worker people, we, what I've heard, you know, we stood in line. We wrote petitions. We begged, please, can I be incarnated then? And it has not been an easy ride for us. I mean, this has been... Um, i don 't know if you know what the Kali yuga is it's the last the last two thousand years before the dawning of a new age is the darkest of the dark of the dark, mm-hmm. which kind of goes back to the psychological thing because as we bring in light, it 's like if you go into a kitchen and you flash on the light, boy, those cockroaches they scurry around to hide. and that 's what happens when we bring in the light, our darkness gets flushed so it can be released. And so that's happened on a planetary level. In the last 2,000 years, there has been so many wars. And look what the Americans did to this beautiful continent in just a few hundred years. But that's all changing because we we have won. I mean, the lightworkers have won. Yeah. And our force of light is so strong. And it's because we have chosen to love. We have chosen to, instead of fighting or being afraid. Most important, we have chosen not to be afraid because fear just feeds darkness. We have chosen to send those one percenters, as they're saying now, send them love, send them unconditional love. And that is such a powerful thing. What's happened is that we have won and the the ascension is pretty much assured. How we're, How this is going to look, I don't know. I mean, I have a whole lot of theories and I have a pretty good idea about what New Earth is like and what Middle Earth is like and what other beings, you know, other planets and civilizations are like because I've had those experiences. But how we get from here to there, no, I'm not shown that yet.
0: And maybe that's on purpose.
1: Expectations are very powerful because expectations directs our perceptions. So when we do, say, eleven eleven, we we want to have expectations, but we want those expectations to be our soul's expectations. And so we want to get to the place that we expect that we are going to surrender to the highest frequency of ourselves that we can connect with. Now, the expectation you want to stay out of is the ego expectations. I want that, or this is what I want to happen when I go through there. Now, those are the expectations we don't want, because we will create that, and by creating that, we are limiting our experience to what our little ego can come up with.
0: Right, limiting uh, belief.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And the unknown could be much better.
1: Absolutely. I I totally believe (laughs) and expect that it will be very much better, because the energy around the planet and all the things that people the unity were really moving into unity consciousness. So. Let's
0: back up a little bit on the the consciousness. We've we've talked a little bit about that in a couple of the other questions. Your website has a lot of material about the conscious and I loved your analogy of it being like a pond because it's real understandable. Mm-hmm. But um, what exactly is the unconscious, conscious, and the super conscious?
1: Our unconscious is the parts of ourself that we're not familiar with. Now, if we think in time-bound manner, it is has a lot to do with our, our past that we have chosen not to, or could not, or just don't remember. But it also has to do with our our future, because so much of our multidimensional self has gone into our unconscious. Our unconscious would be like the archives on our computer that we forgot to name. So somewhere in the bowels of our computer brain. We have all these memories, but we don't have the name to the memory, but we can do that. We can learn to do that. And the unconscious, it's a way to experience our our quantum world. We can go into our superconscious, which is our highest frequency expression of self, and we can move into the higher expressions and of ourselves through our superconscious, but we can also move in through our unconscious through our inner child, because our inner child is actually our divine child. And within our divine child is all the memories that we had when we came in, but then we forgot because people said, oh no, that's just your imagination. Oh no, that can't be right. Or there's a big shutdown when you're a teenager. For one thing, the brain has a major shutdown it goes into a specialization that is not it's not programmed when we're before adolescence and then the other thing is that we want to be just like everybody else Mm -hmm. and so if we're too weird that would not be okay so we shut that down
0: and in comes that not deserving and worthiness
1: and depression and anxiety because we're having all these experiences but we shut down the link that makes it make sense to us so it becomes like a floating fearful thing which gives us anxiety or it becomes depression because we have cut ourselves off from our home from our true self and that makes us really depressed
0: so is the conscious more of a third dimensional thinking to allow us to compartmentalize everything or is I know I believe I read somewhere that when we go into our higher dimensions we are aware of everything
1: right because the higher dimensions can see the lower dimensions our superconscious Self, which is basically our multi dimensional conscious, when we go into our superconscious, then we can see every dimension that 's below that, and we have the the ability to perceive dimensions that are higher, worlds and frequencies of worlds that are lower and higher at this all at once. but when we 're in our little clay vessel here, we pretty much especially before we awaken can only experience one reality at a time and we experience that reality in a very sequential time bound manner that's kind of our conscious world it's what is what it has been now for the non-awakened our conscious mind is which we are programmed to believe our life is and what we therefore believe our life is. But once we have awakened, our conscious mind becomes something very different. Because once we have awakened, our conscious mind starts becoming aware of our subconscious mind, and our conscious mind starts to become aware of our superconscious mind as we return to being multidimensionally conscious.
0: Wow. That's a lot to
1: wrap your head around. It's a lot to wrap your head around. And the thing is that, you know, and when the Arcturians talk to me, they're talking to me a lot about trying to teach people to think multidimensionally. Because when we go into the fifth dimension, A, things we don't have, if you don't have time, you don't have sequence. So you don't take one little step and one little step and you don't line your words up in a line to make a sentence to talk to each other. It's all in the now and all is in the now. And so one of the things that we need to learn is that when we are thinking from what the Arcturians call our third dimensional operating system, there's concepts that are absolutely impossible for us to hold on to because the frequency is too high. It's like, If you tried to do some of these new computer programs on a DOS computer, you just absolutely couldn't do it. You'd fry the computer. But what's happening is that little third dimensional thinking is 3% of our DNA and maybe 5% of our brain.
0: So have we, if we're in this lower third dimension, I'm assuming we've already done a first and a second dimension, and we're now on the third, have we ever been in the fourth and fifth before?
1: What? Uh, let me ask you first what you mean if we are the, in one and first. I mean, have we been a rock and have we been a plant? Yeah, yeah. They're, okay, now see, this answer is really going to boggle you a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to like, put things in such boring sequential manners anymore for me, but um, I will just tell you what Gaia, the consciousness of Earth, said. See, what happens that We are spirit, we are pure consciousness. And as pure consciousness, we could choose any kind of form we want to have. Way millions, millions, millions of years ago when we first decided, okay, let's be a planet. And so all these wonderful expressions of spirit pure consciousness swirling around in the no form of the now, decided, okay, and somebody says, all right, I would like to experience being a member of the mineral kingdom. And, hey, I think it would be cool to be a member of the plant kingdom. And, oh, let's try being an animal kingdom. And what could be the most evolved form of that animal kingdom? Everything is alive. I mean, what the most primitive of peoples always knew, that everything is alive, now the also advanced you know, left-brain Westerners are thinking, wow, everything is alive, and everything is alive. Everything has a consciousness. Uh, it's a different kind of consciousness. And, and then there are people that work with crystals, and they will tell you that, you know, these crystals are very powerful. They are alive. Back to your question of have we been them all.
0: It's by choice, it sounds like.
1: It's by choice and also... The question was the third dimensional in terms of sequential time. So in terms of sequential time, a lot of us have had many incarnations on planet Earth. In fact, a lot of the people are the most awake are the people that 10, 12, 13,000 years ago when Gaia was getting ready to be taken out of her orbit. Because when you have a third dimensional planet, you have to have With the light and the dark, if there's too much light, it ascends, which is what's happening now. If there's too much dark, then it destructs because the light creates and the dark destroys. That's not good or bad. That's just part of the whole program for a third dimensional reality where, you know, there's birth, growth, maturity, ailing, death. You know, there's that whole cycle of life that we have on this third dimensional planet. Gaia wasn't ready to finish being... A third dimensional planet. She didn't want to go out in destruction. She wanted to go out in ascension. And so she made a call out to all of her brother and sister planets saying, Please send me your light workers because I don't have enough light and my planet is going to destruct. And so we all came. We couldn't save Atlantis and Lemuria, but we did save Gaia. However, she went to a really, really low frequency, as we all can attest to. Been too much darkness for so long. What has happened as we've come to this time is that all of these people that came before to help, they all took bodies now. And also a lot of the galactics that haven't had bodies for many, many, you know, well, they don't have time like we do, but have finished with with that experience of having bodies. They have taken bodies on planet Earth now because everybody wants to get together and help mom come home mom gave us a home no we're going to give mom take her home you know right now there is so much light because the activation is there and there are all these special people that have awakened
0: are we the last souls to be evolving from this lower dimension are we now Once ascension occurs, are we the last, I don't know if it would be souls or spirits to be in these lower dimensions? On
1: this planet, she's kind of closing her third dimensional doors. There's going to be an afterglow Earth because there's a lot of people that are really good people, but the conditions on Earth have been so horrific for them that it was impossible to wake up. They just need a little more time. In this afterglow reality, which is like a fourth dimensional reality, in this afterglow reality, that dark, dark, dark that we've had to deal with in the last 2000 years, they will not be able to stick to that. We raise our consciousness because in reality, New Earth is already here. It's it's never been gone. It's always been there. Because it's just a higher frequency of what we see. And we are all expanding our consciousness enough that we can perceive it. But some people can't expand their consciousness yet because it's been so dark and they just have not been able to... Wake up. You know, they haven't been able to wake up. I mean, they mean, they were trying to find food. They've been starving to death. So
0: what's so, the purpose of us being in the, this lower dimension? How has this helped us grow as a soul being in this dark third dimension
1: one of the there's a couple of answers to that one of the things that I got for a long time but it's kind of changed because everything is morphing and changing now is that it was like an experiment you know how far can people be separated from the source and still remember who they are and can they go into a you know this dark density and still remember themselves and the answer pretty much was no
0: (laughs) but I think we've proven that
1: (laughs) we kind of changed the answer because here in the ninth you know the last the last the seven ninths they say but now at the very end of this quote time frame people are saying wait wait we can we can remember we want to remember we will remember you know we want to take guy home we do not want this experiment to be a failure We want this experiment to say, yes, we can remember, and we're doing it. And so the amount of people that are going to be able to consciously move into a higher frequency reality is expanding every minute. And also, I want to say something about that. There is a real possibility that there won't be a perceivable break between being on the third dimension and being on a higher dimension.
0: Is that just going to happen?
1: I, I think that is a possibility. Like I say, I have not been shown. nor I mean, I'm fine. I don't want to see the end of the book. You know, I don't want to read the last paragraph, but I just start the book, you know. so. But I, I have always felt, I believe, and it has been my experience, we, as we expand our consciousness, we are able to perceive this path that opens up in front of us. And as we can surrender to the one, whatever we call that, it has to be a one that is inside of us, that we are inside of it and we are inside of, and the one is inside of us. If it's a dogmatic thing where there's some kind of external person, then we have not yet taken our full power. We all have that power within us.
0: If it is an experiment to see if we can remember where it is that we've come from, our unconditional love being, why were we placed in these earthly vessels that contain these egos that are so easily consumed into the illusions of emotions like fear and greed?
1: Well, it was never actually really intended that we would resonate at such a low frequency. After the fall of Atlantis and Lemuria, the, Lemuria was in the Pacific Ocean, Atlantis was in the Atlantic Ocean. This was a major Gaia almost was destroyed. Like the Malduk was a planet between Mars and Saturn, which is asteroid belt, that was once a planet. And so Gaia almost went that route. It's like if somebody has a really bad accident, then they're going to really have a long recovery time. Mm-hmm. And so when you're speaking in terms of a planet, 12,000 years is a minute. That's like a month of, you know, a month of recovery for a human, and so because it was so bad, it came right back from the brink of destruction. It the planet, the frequency of the planet just went into free fall. A low resonance, fear, is a, a low resonance. So is greed. Greed is a low resonance. So you can look at just at our human behaviors and we can see what low resonances are and we can see what a high resonance is.
0: And you and I were just talking before the podcast started about people taking down Wall Street and the banks and there you have good versus evil. It's a good example of the greed and the, the lower frequency and people going against that and trying to raise awareness.
1: Yes, and and that's a, a really important part because all of us, all of us light workers have been experiencing personally has now gone into the collective consciousness. And remember I said when the light comes in, then we have to look at the darkness and look at the parts of us that can't come with. And so now what's happening is the collective consciousness is saying You know, we as a planet, we want to ascend. But the kind of behavior that you are exhibiting is going to stop our whole planet and you can't do this anymore. And the thing that we all have to remember is that we don't want to have this be light versus dark because that is a third dimensional paradigm. Mm -hmm. You know, what we want to do is perceive this as releasing that which cannot resonate to the fifth dimension and release it with our unconditional love. So as we are doing all of these things, which are great, and and it seems you can look at the people and you can even see the signs. I mean, these people have love. I was like hippie days. And so to me this is so glorious to see this come back. Yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: I agree. It's all very and- exciting
1: and there n- nobody is is trying to fight you know they're not trying to fight and they're tr- they're staying out of fear and that's what's the most beautiful part that's how we will ascend not by having a fight with the darkness because all of our wars the people that were fighting the wars they thought they were the good guys fighting the bad guys well that didn't work well and and that doesn't so-
0: really exist right there's really no such thing as things like competition and war that's a third dimensional thinking
1: Absolutely, third-dimensional thinking. Absolutely, I agree.
0: So it's all extremely exciting. I'm I'm thrilled about the idea of Ascension, especially since the, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but, you know, the media trying to proclaim doom and gloom about 2012, and it really has nothing to do with that. Ascension is very exciting, and as we (laughs) enter into this fourth dimension this could be a third dimensional way of thinking but my question is do we ever have to come back or once we make it to the fourth do we get to stay there
1: once we even make it into our multi-dimensional consciousness the fourth dimension is kind of like the aura of the third dimension like our aura is our fourth dimensional self and when we go to sleep our aura, our fourth dimensional self, is awake and our third dimensional self is asleep. When we are awake, it flips. Fourth dimension is kind of an in-between place for people that need time still. It's different time than third dimensional time, but it still has time. People that need time heal Basically, that's all they need the time for. They need that time to heal.
0: That must they, be why I want to sleep all the time.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know, and everyone's been so tired.
0: I've and, been really tired, and that's all I want to do is I just want to sleep. Yes. <laughs> and, and
1: part of it, it's like a snake shedding its skin. You know, that skin is too tight for us. That third-dimensional skin is so tight now. And we just want to be still so we can wiggle out of our third dimensional skin and burst forth in this beautiful multi-dimensional light body that we have inside of us. As we move into our fifth dimensional state of consciousness, we have moved completely out of time, that's end of time. Since we don't have time, we don't have sequence. So therefore we can experience many realities at once. And I personally think that a lot of us that are helping people now when we make it to new Earth, and I think i'm gonna I'm gonna have a stint in new Earth because I think it's so exciting to be able to have the experience of creating a whole new reality, and this is the part that might be a seamless transition because you can see it's already pretty seamless. you know we haven't had a big disaster, and then aha people wake up, it's just one person wakes up and then two and then four, and then eight, and then 16, and then 32. Within the new Earth, which is like the lower octave of the fifth dimension, there still, will initially, it's like the threshold. They'll still initially appear to be time and initially appear to be separate bodies. All of the uh, patents that have been repressed will come out that can totally clear up all the pollution. We have patents that can totally clear up you know, all of the illnesses. We have uh, non-gravity cars. You know, all of these things have been there for a long time, but they've been repressed. One of the things that's going to happen now as the people unify is that these patents are going to get out, and that's going to make a huge change to our lives. And so that's the beginning of that seamless part.
0: As we're uh, many of us are waking up, do you think it's something that we are going to, in fact, experience in our lifetime? Because I've heard theories about our DNA changing. Is that right. something that's going to happen gradually or instantly?
1: Probably both. It's been happening gradually over a very long time. We are coming into an, uh, an area of space that has higher frequency than we have been in in a really long time. Our junk that they've called junk DNA, the 90 percent of our DNA, DNA is light receptive. They are like little portals and they can hold light the three-dimensional part of ourselves this little three percent of our human genome that is all that dna is only activated through this lower frequency light that we've been in now we're moving into this area of much higher frequency light and so this other dna is being activated and that's why people are waking up like crazy so maybe
0: 11 11 11 might have a part in that as well
1: I think that there's going to be a big flash
0: because uh, there's going to be a lot of us that are going uh, to be meditating and focusing and and really drawing in that unconditional love and joy and things that resonate or vibrate quite high.
1: Well, also, I just wonder, uh, this is something that I heard of a long time ago, and this was quite a maybe a couple decades ago. In New York City, they were having a lot of violence. Some Buddhist monks, and I don't know if it was 100 or a 1,000, but it wasn't that many. They went in, and for 10 days, they went into deep meditation. And when they finished their meditation, all the violence stopped. So can you imagine if millions of people sat down, on the same day and meditated for peace, love, unconditional new free reality, can you imagine?
0: Yeah. So yeah, I mean that I I get that question a lot. We were talking about earlier is that in its third dimensional thinking, with if you're spiritual or you practice meditation and and whatnot and holistic alternative thinking, a lot of people feel that it's too woo woo. But that example is a great why we should meditate at this time. It is very very important for us to go inward during this time of ascension.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I'm 64, so I've been on this planet for a long time. I was a baby boomer. So I was little right after World War II and we like got underneath the tables because, you know, the dirty fear. rotten people were going to come and blow us up and, you know, the people, you know, fear, 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 fear. But I I forgot to forget, probably because I had a death experience when I was like 6 weeks old, so I didn't forget, but I had to really stay secret. Because I would really be crazy. I would be way diagnosed. And I think that's why I I had to get a PhD in psychology to prove myself that I wasn't crazy.
0: Your your videos on YouTube, you've got... Some things that are Susan Carroll and some things are Susan Lee. You've you've paired mm-hmm. those together now, but at what point did you decide to kind of come out of the closet to let yeah, people know I'm, that you were one and the same?
1: You know, the thing is, time is such such an illusion. Now it was I don't well, I was in this house and I've been in this house for three years, no four years. So sometime within the last three or four years. I just had enough confidence that I didn't wanna hide behind Susan Carroll. Susan Carroll wasn't a total hiding. When I was a child, I always said, I practiced that signature over and over and said, when I write my book, I'm gonna use the signature. So it wasn't all just hiding. But when I did the website, I did Susan Carroll because I that was, I don't know, maybe 96 or something when I first started. It's been a long process. And I was working with insurance companies and having regular clients. And I thought, oh, they find out I'm this weird person, you know. And even then, the first part of the website isn't very weird. It's very psychological because we have to get our psychology straight. So then at some point in time, I just said, forget it. I can't hide. I have to be who I am. And that's when I did the Suzanne Lee PhD site. And that's when I started signing things, Suzanne Lee, this is who I am. But I am Susan Carroll, too. So people that do numerology, they could see that there's power. You know, each of the words are different. And they're different expressions of the same me. The Susan Carroll is very creative, but she's a little frightened. But the Suzanne Lee found that she can be just as, she's just as creative and, and not frightened. It's like, this is it. I'm who I am. and. And it's actually, it's a lot to do that it's safe enough to come out. I, it was well after nine eleven because it was not safe then. And I even watched the things I talked about when I was in therapy and whatever I did on my e-net, what I published. But within the last couple of years, that type of monitoring has gone down quite a bit.
0: I'd have and to agree. I, and- I, I know that um, this is something I, I've always been a closet reader of spiritual books and practicing. (laughs) In fact, my very first meditative occurrence, I remember it was in probably the mid-90s. A friend of mine had told me to try it because she had had a really great experience. And I used to have dreams and things like that. And she said it'd be a great way to really amp it up. Mm -hmm. My very first experience, I took my big boom box Went all the way to the, it was upstairs, back of the house, into the spare bedroom that nobody went into. And I went into the back of the closet behind right. the clothes. I mean, closet meditation, <laughs> fearful. To, you know, that somebody might see me doing this weird trance work. And I used to hide all my books and all this stuff because I was fearful of being judged. I was just fearful in general of of the criticism. And I noticed a shift in me in probably about 2005, 2006. Mm -hmm. I still had a little bit of that fear, but definitely within the last three years, I don't care anymore. If you got something to say to me, it has no influence on me whatsoever. Exactly. So there's definitely a shift there. There's a shift in awareness and Mm -hmm. and it's almost knowing what the bigger picture is. And I almost feel like those in the know, we're the ones that can see the bigger picture. And it's like, we've got the inside secret. We're trying to share it, but... You know, some still don't want to listen.
1: There's some that don't want to listen, some that are afraid to listen. And there's even some, okay, so back to the how do you, uh, what happens when you ascend? Well, a lot of it has to do with, as we said before, our expectation. So these people that are expecting to have a big disaster, well, they might just create that for themselves. Because this area of space that we have moved into is an area of space where it's it's very Fifth dimensional. Within this area, in our fifth dimensional self, as we what whatever we think of is manifested. Now, in the fifth dimension, we're protected because it's a high frequency. So, when we're actually in the fifth dimension, we can think whatever we think, and and negative thoughts will lower our consciousness, and we won't be in the fifth dimension anymore, and we'll be down on the in the fourth. And if it's a destructive harm against another, it'll be a lower fourth.
0: You talk about this on your susanlee.com website. You talk about the idea of mastering thoughts. And right. you have a really great couple of paragraphs there about releasing fear and choosing love, which yes. I loved the paragraph. Actually, the, the first sentence, it says, releasing fear can be very a very difficult challenge. However, so can love for one thing not all of us have deeply experienced love where we have all felt fear yeah so i i loved that because we you can stop anybody on the street and they can resonate with the thought of fear in some yeah. form or fashion so what's the importance of mastering our thoughts right now during this time of great change
1: Well, as we're going into these frequency waves where what we think becomes manifest, we want to think about what we want to manifest. I need to take some time to be still and to meditate because I want this process to proceed. Well, I think it's
0: important too in mastering our thoughts. Some people that I talk with in the manifestation, I think our third dimensional thinking is, okay, mastering thoughts, I want to think about things. I want to manifest things. And that's not what it's about. It's about manifesting unconditional love, joy, happiness. Isn't that right?
1: Yes. And things is a very, again, a third dimensional, because as we're in our fifth dimensional self, nothing is a thing. You know, a thing is something that we have identified that doesn't have life in it. In reality, everything has life in it. Everything is alive. Uh, Like if you're gardening, you know, okay, I'm going to. Pull off that. Sometimes I'll feel. Am I too rough with you now? when I pull off this dead stuff. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know. So there's. There are no things. And you know, like people, you'll bump into a table, say, "Excuse me." You know. Well, right. That that has life. I mean, look at all the life we put into that table every time we sit at that table.
0: Well, I know that. I wear natural stone jewelry. I always wear quartz. I wear actually a lot of quartz, amethyst, things like that, because it's a conduit. It pulls energy from, it's a life force energy. And I know that when I started wearing it a couple of years ago, my mother, God bless her, she just kind of raised an eyebrow like, all right, Amanda, sure, it's pulling energy. It is, Mom, it really is. So I think that that when you tell people that, you know, it's okay to be a tree hugger because it's it's giving you energy and love.
1: Yeah, people call me a tree hugger. I say thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, so do I. Gosh, I am the tree hugger. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. <laughs> as, since we've been, as souls who have been incarnating into the third dimension for so many millennia, mm-hmm. we've absorbed fearful patterns and memories and, Absolutely. you know, all of this junk. Mm-hmm. So as we Don't start... Know
1: our junk mail
0: it's our junk mail
1: we have to put it to spam yeah
0: so as we start to ascend how do we work through these residual energies and and just get rid of that junk mail so that we can heal and and move forward into this fourth dimension a lot of them are negative and fearful and judge that's not going to allow us to ascend we got to get rid of it
1: well there's basically two kinds of energies two kinds of everything there's fear-based and love-based okay all of creation is based on Unconditional love based. And I have to say unconditional because human love is too often very conditional. I won't love you if you blank, and if you don't blank, I won't love you. Okay, that's some kind of a weird configuration of fear and love. Unconditional love is I love you because you are. And the antidote to fear is unconditional love and education. This was on purpose, it was a dumbed down America. The whole thing that was planned for the whole Bush, 9 11, all that kind of stuff. But we won. It didn't work. And one of the things that's going to happen. First in New Earth is that we're going to have marvelous education. We're away
0: from a monetary system as well, aren't we?
1: Yeah, because a lot of light workers we don't do money well. It's just it's so foreign to us. You know, it's like, wow. Yeah,
0: you know, I have to agree <laughs> with that. I, I don't do well with money. I don't do well with numbers. I I, I yeah. want to be able to create and I don't want to put a value on it.
1: Right, exactly. Look so forward to that because there really isn't any. We have a bunch of numbers that we push around. But they're just numbers.
0: Well, it's a third-dimensional thinking again because it, all we're doing is passing paper around, and we have
1: useless paper. We can useless paper.
0: paper that we have given a value to, but it really has no meaning other than what we've given it.
1: Yeah, it's like after the Civil War, and all the people then the Confederate, they had all this money. Well, it's paper. Yeah. But now it's not just the South; it's the whole United States and a lot of other countries, Europe, Europe, and the United States. Which was really the stronghold of the Illuminati uh, are really out of money, but that's that's by design because money has been the weapon that has been used to control us.
0: Yeah, it's been so. The fear.
1: If there isn't money, then whoa, there goes the weapon.
0: Well, that's- and what's interesting is, is that the monetary system also creates this illusion. Of our worthiness and what we're deserving of. And if we don't have a lot of money, we consider ourselves less than.
1: Right. That's one of my favorite little things is that very often the people, you know, there's lots of skills. Some people are good teachers, some people are really good artists, some people are really good musicians, you know, good doctors, and some people are good at making money. And so, Making money has been so important. So the people that have the skill to make money are the best and the most powerful, most successful people. But what about people that are really good parents or really good teachers or really good trash picker-uppers? They have a wonderful skill, too. But see, our society got so skewed. So the people that know how to move numbers around in a way to make the numbers get bigger are successful Whereas people that have other really good things that they do for humanity are unsuccessful. That's just a tool to control. Because, again, money has been the main weapon. Because in reality, we're all one. The most important part for ascension is that we love ourselves unconditionally. Because it's hard to give something away if we don't have it.
0: And is that why we're seeing the fall like the, the big crash in '08, with basically the climb in our own economy crashing and now we're seeing it over in Europe. Is that kind of the exit of this monetary system?
1: Yes, I think that is definitely. I mean, money was a means of control.
0: I mean, we're now in almost into November of 2011. What are some things that we can do as we head into 2012 and into December of 2012 Just to prepare ourselves, to heighten our awareness and prepare for ascension. What are some things that our our listeners can start doing now to start preparing?
1: The first thing is what I tell everybody is educate yourself. You know, fear hides in ignorance. There are so many wonderful newsletters and websites and blogs and I say the other thing is communicate. Tell people, tell people, tell people. Those that have the awareness, we need to share it. We need to pass it on. My campaign is Make Ascension Normal. Um, It's
0: very exciting. I I don't understand why People wouldn't want to be a part of it.
1: It is if we're educated to know what it really is. And so people that don't educate themselves, they're, they're just going to go to movies and they're going to read stuff on their regular news and they're going to think that this is really scary stuff.
0: And we can't and have them in that fear because the fear is a lower vibration. So people, when you see those movies... It's not real.
1: (laughs) It is not real. I speak with the galactics and many of us speak with the galactics all the time. And they are so loving and so helpful. And this planet would have been blown up without them. This absolutely, and I've read this myriad places, Earth would not be alive today if not for our galactic brothers and sisters.
0: Yeah, I read that the Federation of Light actually came in and helped with the nuclear plant in Japan.
1: Absolutely. And they have been working so much. Uh, We almost off the planet with World War Two. And that's when they took in and they put uh, Earth on a quarantine. Earth has been on a quarantine, it cannot leave the solar system. We are, we're at that we're like adolescents we're enough we're old enough to act like adults but we don't have the maturity of adults and so we're on quarantine and we all got grounded <laughs> because earth is a free will planet but when earth's free will was damaging other dimensions we lost that part of the free will and they have done so they've shut off all of our nuclear things uh, weapons that we have the reason why we have not had world war 3 is because of the galactics. And the reason why we are waking up, because now the it's the minority of people that are awake, but awakened people have 10 times more light than unawakened people. So even though it's a small percentage of people that are awake, we have already reached critical mass.
0: And we're highly concentrated.
1: <laughs> yes. In that the light workers have said, yes. We are ready to ascend.
0: So once again, eleven eleven, with all of us combining together, it's going to be a very important day for us to band together to help in the ascension process.
1: Absolutely. And just the, the binding, all the people all over the world bind together, experiencing love and saying, I want to ascend. Wow.
0: Is that something where... For those of us who are aware of it and who are ready and prepared for it, I know that there's going to be souls that are not open to it and not ready. So are they just going to stay behind and the rest of us are going to ascend? Or is everybody just going to ascend and they have no choice?
1: There is this matrix Earth, and I didn't even get into the whole Earth is a holographic projection, which is true, but that's a whole. Forget that one. What will be left will be this afterglow, this matrix earth. Now, there are people that absolutely became so attached to wearing their dark hats, done so many horrific things. These people, they, they, just, they just have to start over. The people that have woken up and we are ascending and we remember We remember our multidimensional selves. And then there's all these people in between. They are going to experience realities that are consistent with their frequency. Yeah,
0: perception is totally different.
1: The, uh, The reality we perceive is the reality that we live. And so the higher that we can raise our consciousness, the higher the frequency of reality we will be able to live because we'll be able to perceive it.
0: Well, I think it's really exciting. I really do.
1: Meditate, 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 meditate. You can go on my website. I've got a free download of meditations. There's a whole slew, and I'm getting ready to put a bunch more up. Just start at the top, which is the easiest, and just listen. Put them on your iPod. They're all downloadable. Put them on your computer, whatever you want to do. Go to sleep to them. I don't care, you know. But just start meditating, meditating, meditating.
0: Well, Susan, I have really, really enjoyed talking with you today. How can people get in touch with you?
1: Just go to multidimensions.com. You can email me. When you go to multidimensions.com, M-U-L-T-I-D-I-M-E-N-S-I-O-N-S at the homepage it's got everything right there everything that there is and the downloadable books are kind of out of sync right now because lulu changed them so they're getting fixed but they'll be back there everything i've written is a free download a pdf file then there's the blog uh susan carroll s-u-z-a-n-c-a-r-o-l-l
0: And what about consultations if somebody from, I know you're in California, if somebody wanted to do a consultation, is that something that you can do over the phone with them?
1: Oh, absolutely. I've consulted people all over the world, which is really, I love it. So Skype or conference call or phone, anything, I'm available. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking to you.
0: I really enjoyed talking with you too. Wow, I don't know about you, but my third dimensional mind is blown away right now. I want to thank you for listening today. I'm your host, Amanda, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you would like more information on this show or have a question or comment, please email us at zen at gmail.com. You can also visit the blog at zen-chakra.blogspot.com and be sure to check out our forum at Zinshakra.myfreeforum.org. Bye for now.